go ahead on and make our Apostle Creed uh, confession. I want you to say it with us. Uh, I think Casey can put it up there on the board. Just in case, say this out with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen. Remember, we make these faith confessions about who we are and what we have. And you remember that when we talk about the Holy Catholic Church, we're talking about the Holy Universal Church. That's what the word Catholic means, it means universal. And so we are a large body. We can't do it by ourselves. And that's the reason why all of us, when you get born again, each of us have a function. What's going on, young man? We have a function. And in that function, God is counting on you. And I, once you become born again, he's counting on you to look to him to understand why he put you on the earth. That's what he's looking for. But you have to desire it. You have to hunger for it. Amen. It's not like, you know, uh, ripe cherries fall off the tree. No, you have to desire it. Okay? So in our lesson, we've been dealing with the renewed mind. Renewing the mind, this is week two, under the title of <clears throat> faith in our redemption. So we've been talking about the word renew. So let's, re- let's find out what the word renew also means. Again, the word renew means to renovate or to restore. To restore or renovate something back in its original setting. And so when you and I get born again, got born again, your mindset, your conscience, everything about you was restored back in a place that it can conceive. Did you understand what I just said? Your conscience, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I had a great aunt. She used to tell me, she said, baby, let your conscience be your guide. Well, I didn't know what that mean until I got saved. And your conscience could tell you what's right and what's wrong, but it won't help you to make the right choice or the wrong decision. Are y'all following me? And so your conscience is not, it is a safe meaning of measure whereby it is used to help us, but your conscience is not what you depend upon to lead you. Okay, it is your born again spirit. And so through the new birth, your conscious now <clears throat> can become 
a pure conscience again, meaning, you, you know, if you violate someone's property, in other words, if you spoke to someone out of turn, your conscience will bother you. Now, there are some people, their conscience won't move them at all. They'll say, well, they got what they deserve. And they mama too. Right? No, see, see <laughs> as believers, we can't think like that. Right? No, you, you're challenged to think differently. So, <clears throat> let's, let's get, did they give you all the scripture to go to? Okay, look at Romans chapter 12. I've been opening up with these verses of scriptures since we started this series on the renewing of the mind. Romans 12, 1 and verse 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by what? The mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Notice not a dead sacrifice. That means a living sacrifice means you are willing on your own to choose to walk with God in his ways. That's what a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, make a decision to do. Not no one forcing them, not no one caressing them. No, no. You have a belief in your heart that this is the right thing to do, right? And so, <clears throat> so Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Look at this. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Notice the word holy. The word holy is not a lot of things that we've been taught what holy is. We've been taught holiness is, of you know, holy, what you got on, what you can't wear, and et cetera. <clears throat> that's not... That's not what holy is. Holiness is not a root. Holiness is a fruit. It manifests itself in the likeness of what it is. Okay? Say, again, a peace tree. A peace tree does what? We know a peace tree, the, the peach is not the, the root. The preach is what? The fruit, right? And that's what it is. You're born again. When you get born again, that's the root. Holiness is the fruit to show forth that, hey, something in you change. Are you following me? Something in you. It's, it's another word we use for holy or holiness would be sanctification. <clears throat> sanctification means what? To set apart. You are set apart for God. That means you've been separated from the world with the spiritual birth, and now you belong to God. Okay? So that's what sanctification. So now you've been set apart so that the power of the Holy Spirit can now begin to manifest the life that Christ has already wrought for us through his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascending at the right hand of the Father. Now that takes time. Because you have your mindset, but then the Bible said we have the mind of Christ, so therefore we're doing what? We are transforming our mindset, our way of thinking, 
into God's way of thinking, and then the power of God will manifest itself through us. People will be able to look up on you and see the difference. Are you following what I'm saying? Without you telling them, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a born-again believer. <clears throat> well, you don't have to tell them what you are. They can see the fruit in your life of what you are. Amen? So, verse 2 says, let's go to verse 2. I don't want to get stuck here. I've talked a lot on this verse. Be not conformed to this world. What is the word conform? Mean to what? To fashion. To be adapted to its artificial custom. Put it in the classic amplifier for a moment, Casey. That verse of scripture. <clears throat> Watch this. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after, adapted to its what? External, superficial custom. Hmm? Anybody ever had, well, we got some artificial flowers in here. I don't really care for artificial flowers. I like real flowers. But we got some arrangements back there that are artificial. And the only reason why you, you know, you can have an artificial because there's a real. You can't have an artificial without having a real. Right? What if I came out with a fake $3 bill? Would you take that to the store? <laughs> no. Why? Because there's no $3 bill in, right? But what if I did a $2 bill? You know, $2 bill is still in circulation. Right? Now, what if I did, what if, what, <clears throat> what if I did, uh, I don't know what they said, but I'm not going there. What if I did a $60 bill? No. Why? It's not in circulation. You're not going to take it. But in order to, again, in order to have an artificial, it has to have a real. Okay? That's what you can make. And that's what it's saying here. Don't be conformed to this world, this, this age fashioned after, adapted to its external superficial custom. But be what? Transform. The word transform here, notice what it means. Change. To be changed, the word transform, when you look it up, the Greek word is called metamorphosis. In other words, the word metamorphosis is a full, four-stage word. In other words, you go through a full, uh, uh, like a butterfly. Okay, a butterfly, before it becomes a butterfly, what is it? It's a caterpillar. Right? So you see a caterpillar that's on the ground. None of us hardly likes them. I try to kill them all. <laughs> yeah, eat up your plants. One time, one year, uh, <clears throat> at uh, one of the daycares, they were all over the ground. This was a bad year. And them things that give you the heebie-jeebie. And me being a former bug person, I mixed me up a little concoction. 
and I got rid of all of them. But some of them survived. Now, here's the key, what I'm trying to show you. Those caterpillars have in themselves, I'm talking about the word transform. They have in themselves to know how to web itself against a, a wall, a house, tree bark. And what it does, it begins to web itself till it turns into a little cocoon. And when you see that little, that little cocoon sitting up, up on a facial board or a tree bark, notice this. It's sitting there for about 28 to 32 days. And then it becomes a butterfly. What is it doing? It went from what? The egg. What's the next stage? The larvae. What's the next stage? The pupil. Right? Brother John said, hmm. And then the adult. That's what it goes through. Well, you and I sort of go through those same stages. Now, some of us need a little bit more help, but, you know, we go through those same stages, right? Okay? So, what am I saying to you? When you look at this word and says, but be ye transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. Now, here's the, here's the definition. By its what? New ideals. And it's new attitude. Now, where do you think new ideas and new attitude going to come from? From the word of God. You got to hear the word to change your attitude. You have to hear the word of God to change your ideas, your behavior. Right? Because you grew up with your ways. We all grew up with self-righteousness. We all grew up with some hate. We all grew up with some prejudice. It don't have to be against uh, uh, black and white. You can be prejudiced against your own. Right? Look, I ain't get one amen. That's, that's sad. Glory to God. <laughs> but, you, you know, but we all grew up with all these selfish ideas. And so you don't know they're wrong. Until the word shows you. When the word shows you what is right and wrong, now your conscience can become a guide to you. Why? Because you are allowing the truth of God's word to generate on the inside of you. And what is it doing? It is now painting the same picture that is true in this word, now it's true in your soul. But when we say renew, remember, it's not like I renew my mind today and I don't have to do anything for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. No, you got to renew your mind constantly all the time. Why? The purpose of renewing it, why? Because it can go back. If you don't take care, I mean, just like, let's just say we repair this chair. We, we renew this chair. We restore this chair. Well, that chair still has to be taken care of. Right? Dust going to get to it. Somebody may drop a little coffee on it. Right? It may dry rot. But what happens? Someone has to tend to it. 
And that's what renewing your mind is all about. You have to always be thinking in the light of the word. Because if you don't, you're going to think out of the way you've been accustomed to. The artificial custom. The way you were raised. Um, <clears throat> communications that you've had in the past and etc. right? So here he said, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. That means the way I think, the choices I make, and my emotion. Amen? So the entire renewal of your mind has to do with your thinking process, the choices you make, and how you harness your emotion. Okay? Now, I'm getting ready to show you something. But watch this. <clears throat> Let me finish it. The reason why it says, you know, by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitude, and again, those new ideas, new attitude comes only from the word of God. Okay? You can't change without knowing what the truth is, knowing the truth. You could be a Christian, but you could still be spiritually ignorant. You could still be defeated. You could still live in oppression. You could still live with depression. Why? Because you lack knowledge of that truth that you already have. Until knowledge, until you have experiential knowledge, then when something comes against you to bring oppression, or maybe something comes against you, to have, you know, uh, an offense. Now you're able to say, no, no, I'm not going to take that in the name of Jesus. Why? Because you know what an offense can do. If you don't learn how to handle an offense, an offense comes to us all. So it's not like something you can avoid. But when an offense does come, you don't want it to turn into a root of bitterness. Because then you begin to contaminate everything in his path. And then when folks see you, what's your name is again, brother? John. When I see John, I'm going the opposite way. Because he's going to come up with the same old thing. Right? I ain't get another amen. I must be hitting, I must be hitting 500 right now. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So think about this. So be, re you know, you're changed by the entire renewal of your mind by what? It's new ideas. So the new idea, the new attitude is going to come when you're confronted by a crisis. What does the word say? Hmm? I mean, you know, think about it before you got saved, somebody, you know, somebody cut you off. You know, what do you do? You cussed them out. Hmm? I mean, then you gave them that old look. What? What? You want some of this? A Christian. You say, a Christian can act like that? Yeah. Because their mind is not renewed with the word of God. There are a lot of good people 
incarcerated tonight because of wrong choices. We made bad choices too. It just didn't get us. They got caught. We didn't. Now you have an opportunity to make sure you can clean up your act and understand if I continue to keep thinking wrong, then my actions are going to be wrong. My choices are going to be wrong. Right? So how does one get to a place of chaos? First of all, it's how they hear. What are you listening to? If you listen to the wrong person that's feeding you the wrong information, then guess what? The more you hear it, then you begin to believe that. Or you begin to think on that. And then your belief kicks in and you begin to make a choice. You're choosing based on what you've been hearing, what you've been thinking on. Hmm? This is how it happens every day in life. You just don't get from this place to that place and say, how did that happen? No, it started with a thought. What you were hearing, what you were listening to, maybe on the internet. Maybe you're watching, you know, Atlanta Housewives. I don't know. Maybe you're watching Ray Ray, some rerun. Hmm? You can't get in trouble with Ray Ray. Y'all don't even know what that is. They say, what the world? They look John said, what the what? Well, I'm telling my age. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, what in the world is Ray Ray? Ray Ray and Bebe, all of them. Okay. Now, so how, how does one notice this? So he says, by its new idea and new attitude. Why am I taking so much time? Because this is where most believers fail. They never have a new, they never change their mindset to what the word said. They live in their feelings. Or they live out of what we call deep thought. Deep thought means you live out of what you've been accustomed of hearing and speaking and feeding out of all your life. That's what we call deep thought. And that's what gets us in trouble. Some of the things we thought, some of the things we said, they were okay. But then a lot of things we thought and a lot of things we've done, they were not okay. Then we get to the age, you know, some of us in our age group, you know, I'm still young, but, you know, some of us in our age group, they say, well, I'm too old to change. Well, no, that's a lie. You're never too old to change. You're too old to change when you set that law in motion. You're not too old to change because your age, but you're too old to change because of your words. They are a law. Okay, now I'm going to change you, which brings us here. Go to Romans chapter 8, Casey. <clears throat> Look at verse 2. For the law, and put it in King James, for the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has what? Made me free from what? The law of sin and death. See, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what that law lives inside of you. 
It made you free. That's why you can choose its new idea with its new attitude because you have a changed nature. You are not, you are not, you and I were not born sinners because of what you did. We were born sinners because of what the first Adam did. But Jesus being the second and final Adam, he set us free. Now it's a matter of choice how I think to whom I'm going to yield myself as a servant to obey. Because I can still yield myself to the law of sin and death or to the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus, which made me free. Now, it made me free, but you are not free until you exercise your senses. Did y'all catch that? <clears throat> Let me show you something. John 8, uh, 31 and 32. John 8, 31. We give it a minute to catch up. <clears throat> then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If ye what? Continue where? In my word. Then are ye my what? Disciple. So what's the key? To continue. Mean to be steadfast. Mean you have to occupy. Right? If you continue in my word, then are you my disciple indeed. But watch this. Verse 32. And ye shall what? Know the truth. And the truth shall make you what? Free. Well, most of us know that verse of scripture if you've been around any time as a believer. But what is, what, is the, what is the key word in that? The key word in that is no. That word no is just like not knowing, say, well, I know that's a chair. Well, I know Jesus died for my sin. But if I don't have any experiential knowledge to show forth of that, that's what this word know means. This word know is like a man knows his wife intimately. Hmm? Right? So this word know is an experiential knowledge that you know the truth. So we, he said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Meaning you have exercised the, the faith of Christ in that truth. Let, let me give you an example. Uh, I had this bad sinus infection a couple of weeks ago. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever. All kind of thoughts trying to come to my head. But what a renewed mindset is what? Here's a verse of scripture I, stuck on, I stood on. There's several of them, but I love this one. He, it said himself, put this up for a moment, Casey. I'm trying to Lock you in on this word, no, the truth. First Peter 2.24. <clears throat> it said, himself who bore our sin, who his own self bore our sin in his own body on the tree. 
That's when Christ became like me, like you, when he was on that cross. That's when his nature became like ours. Hmm? Therefore, now that his nature is like ours, now sickness, disease, and everything else can attack him and kill him. Why? Because now his nature has been contaminated. Okay? I mean, just think about before Jesus, when he went to the whipping post. Think about how he was whipped so bad that he had no resemblance or any comeliness that looked like a human, and he didn't die. He was able to carry that cross. You can't do that in yourself. But the reason why he could, because there was no sin. The purpose of death is because of sin. The purpose of sickness and disease is because of sin. The purpose of poverty, depression and oppression is because of sin. Through one man transgression, we were all what? We were all candidates. We were all born into it. We didn't have anything to do with it. But thanks be unto God. Through one man obedient unto righteousness, we all were made righteous. You didn't do nothing to become a sinner. You definitely didn't do anything to become righteous. It was God's decision of what he did through his own son that made you and I righteous. So righteousness is what? A gift. When someone gives you a gift, what do you do? You receive it, right? You don't say, oh, no, I can't receive that Otis. You know, why? Because I'm looking at Otis in the manner the way as, you know, I got things going. No, I, no, that's okay. That's pride. That's pride. And that's why a lot of people today in society can't really receive the Lord Jesus Christ because they think it's for losers. I raise my hand. I'm a loser. Loser! That's me. But when I made Jesus Lord of my life, winner! That's me. I'm not a loser no more. I'm a winner now. There you go. One person got it. Glory to God, Brother John. Now I'm expecting some good deer sauces on that now, okay? <laughs> All right, so can you understand that? So notice it. It said, who his own self bore our sin in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin. That means what made us prone to sickness, defeat, and all this other chaotic stuff in the world. Notice this. He said, being dead to sin, that nature that we were conceived in, well, it no longer exists. Now that you have the nature of God living on the inside of you, I can renew my mind now. Look what he says. <clears throat> being dead to sin should live where? Unto righteousness. You're living unto 
That means I have to take righteousness as a gift. So that means what am I saying? I'm saying this. So when that sinus affection tried to come up on me and whatnot, well, I was putting resistance. What I was doing, I was resisting it, saying, I am the righteousness of God, and by his stripes, I were healed. I stand on the word, young lady. And I kept standing, and I kept walking, and I kept resisting. Today, it's gone. Cool, I almost took out and ran. Glory to God. I could run about a mile and need a little cohorn. I might not be able to get too far from before my feet hurt, but. <laughs> Can y'all see it? You have to know that you are righteous. That righteousness does what? Put you in place of knowing I got a right to be healed. I don't, this is not supposed to be on me. This is not supposed to be in my, No. Well, everybody get no, not me. I'm not everybody. I'm born of God. That got you, John. I saw your eyes. I said, Whoa. That's who you are. You got to start thinking in the light. That new idea, new attitude has to be conformed to this truth. The Holy Spirit has to be the one. That you give assistance to, to do what? To help you. He makes the difference. Hmm? When you allow the Holy Ghost, when you speak the words of Christ, the Holy Ghost go in there and begin to sift. It begins to analyze. Put this up for a moment. Uh, I'm going to come right. Oh, I got y'all holding it too many scriptures. But y'all understand that, right? Go to first, I mean, uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse 12 and put it in, in the classic Amplified, Casey. For the word, listen to this. <clears throat> For the word that God speaks is what? Alive. And full of power, making it what? Active. Huh? Why? Making it what? When the word that God speaks, what is he doing? Making it what? Active. So guess what? I have to do what? Speak the word. To do what? To make it what? Active. That infection would have not gone because I'm trusting the word if I didn't make the word active. What I have a right to. Hmm? See, what, you, what you're doing, you have to stand on the truth of God's word in order for the Holy Spirit to bring about what you have a right to, what you have asked for. Right? It's not to say you don't have to stand. You have to stand on the word by faith. And, you and what do you do? I'm resisting the sinus infection. The cold, whatever you want to call it, I'm resisting it by standing on the truth of this word. And then the infection has to give. Why? For the word that God speak 
is alive. And it's full of power. What is he doing? He's trying to show me. I believe the Apostle Paul wrote the, wrote the book of Hebrews. <clears throat> may have been Barnabas. It may have been Titus. One of them. But anyway, what I'm trying to say, this is how God created the heavens and the earth. How did he do it? By saying. Everything that God made, he had to do what? Call it. Speak it. See what I mean by renewing your mind? You're renewing your mind to this new life that's living on the inside of you. You're not speaking like your unsaved neighbor. You're not speaking like that religious bunch that you stay next door to. You're speaking in the light of this new creation that made you free. If you listen to the religion, the world of religion, you die. Or you'll live below your privileges. You have to stand on the word. No condition of any kind is too much for the word if you're willing to make the stand on the truth. What happens, we get the report of a doctor. We get the report of maybe the internet. And they say, well, there's no cure for this. So therefore, what do we do? We just settle for what is. No. You got to fight the good fight of faith with the word of God. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying here? Why? Because I got a new idea. I got a new attitude. I got a new way of thinking. It's not my way. It's his way. It's, he's given me this idea. He's given me this right to think in this light. So the word that God speaks is alive, is full of power, making it what? Active. Operative. Hmm? What do you mean operative? It's an operation. Things are shaking. Things are moving because of what you say. You can't feel it. You can't touch it. You don't have no physical evidence that it is. But because you know the nature of God, you know your God, you know that he can't lie. He can't fail. You know that truth is working in your body. I can't see it, I can't feel it, I can't taste it, but I know. And you wake up, and it's gone. Because you didn't give in to how you feel. I want that to sink in. Every one of you have this glorious victory on the inside of you. But if you don't renew your mind to this truth that we have, you won't experience this. You'll just be like one say, well, I, I know what it said in the Bible. Those things in the Bible is for you and I to get excited so you and I can start experiencing. You ought to get to, get to play well, if, if it's in the Bible then it's for me. If God did it for the man with the leprosy, 
He had full leprosy. It was a disease. It was contagious. And Jesus went and touched him. Then so I can touch someone that's contagious. Hmm? They call it COVID. Said it was contagious. <laughs> and they give you a paper mask to put over your mouth. The most contagious disease out there. And they give you a paper mask. Something wrong with that. I used to paint cars for a living. You couldn't wear no paper mask with the type of paint that I was using. Are you following me? There's nothing that the word has not already healed you of. You just got to transform. You guys got to transform your mind, change your idea, change your attitude, and get on board with the truth of this word. Look, I got to close. Ooh, my time is up. I got two minutes. Brother Johnny, look, you made me take all that time. Look, it said, for the word of God that God speak is alive, full of power, making it what? Because his word is what? Full of power because it's God's word that spoke and it's alive, right? It's making it active. This is what happens when you speak the word. It's making it active, operative, energizing. How many times we, we take, you know, so I used to drink. What are they, Red Bull? They had Red Bull, Blue Bull. I used to drink a lot of them Red Bulls just to get, you know, have some energy. I don't drink them things no more. But, you know, what it does, it energizes it, right? Because I ain't get another amen. Some of y'all, y'all drank something. You didn't drink old Johnny, huh? Oh, okay. All right. Just, I'll just check. <laughs> I saw a commercial on TV. It said, Johnny Walker. I said, oh, Brother John got his alcohol on there. <laughs> Notice this. So the word that God speaks is alive. It's full of power. It's making it active, operative, energizing, and what? Effective. That means you can count on it. You can trust it. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. sword. It's penetrating to the dividing line of breath and life. That means the soul and the immortal spirit. If you start thinking in line of these truths, your soul, notice it, your soul will be renewed. It will be on board. It will receive the same life that is in your spirit. And all of a sudden, your physical body will begin to experience the healing from the cancer. The healing from the brain tumor. What will stop the healing power of God from healing? It's the way you think. Change the way you think. And I'm telling you, that word will penetrate because it's active. It's operative. It's energized. It's effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of the soul and spirit. And notice it in the joint and the marrow. Now, notice this. The marrow is where? In the natural. Where is the marrow? It's in the bone. Your life is in the bone. Well, notice this. 
He's giving you and I a parable here. He said, of the deepest part of our nature, exposing, sifting, and analyzing, and judging the very thought and purpose of the heart. That's talking about how you think, Shad. This is all about how you think. That's why the word of God is, is active, it's powerful, it's, it's energizing. Why? Because it's exposing. What is it exposing? That old way of thinking full of doubt, filled with fear. It's exposing. The word is a lot. It's exposing. You want it to expose your fear. You want it to expose your doubt. You want it to expose your unbelief so you can get rid of Why? When you see it and know it, that's the reason why you can't move forward. And when you see it, you say, I got it. I'm afraid. I got this unbelief. In the name of Jesus, I cast this down. Lord, I choose your word. And you begin to feed on it. Go back over these scriptures. Feed on it. Feed on it. Listen to it. Think on it. Think on it until your perception change. Y'all got that? <clears throat> well, I have to stop. That's all we have for you tonight. I mean, I got so much more. But I'm bound to 45 minutes. I'm two minutes over. The red beans and rice is on the table. Got to go. <laughs>